What Up Podcast, babies. I'm Jesse Oliver. I'm Maureen Smith. And I'm Makita Loney, and we're Fat Out of Hell. A bi-weekly podcast where we burn down fat stigma through conversations about our experiences as bad, rad fatties. So take out your extenders and buckle up, because it's time to go! Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we're joined by Tracy Cox, or as you might know her on Instagram, Sparkle Jams. How are you doing today, Tracy? Oh, my gosh, I'm so good. How are you? Oh, you know. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to pop the question. Y'all ready for this? Before we hit record, we we were trying to determine what our tone should be, um, and we landed on somewhere between um, 1990s Space Jam with a little bit of NPR, and you know, that feels good. We are. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it feels good. <laughs> um, well, so we are so excited to have you on because, honestly, you kill it. You 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 fucking kill it. And um, it is so cool to be able to finally, like, talk to you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about, can you tell us, like, elevator speech? Who is Tracy Cox? (laughs) Elevator speech. Okay. Okay. This is my my pitch. It could be a long elevator. 11 floor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a three. (laughs) 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 well okay so basically i am a soprano i'm an opera singer who um kind of won a lot of the fancy awards and everyone in the industry kind of agreed that i was someone who could sing but then none of those same people were willing to put me on stage um so i have kind of taken this route where i continue to work as an understudy Um, But I have made the effort and kind of a strategic uh, path of trying to build my own following um, through these social media platforms where it's a little bit more egalitarian and you can, um, you know, if you if you put in the work, you can um, build a following. So so I'm trying to do that um, around my music and around um fat politics specifically through the lens of of fat performers and um how we should it's like a moral wrong for us to be left out of the arts not only is it a moral wrong like i sorry sorry to cut you off friend but uh i the thing that uh always drives me a little bonkers about it is what is on stage represent what life is yeah eradicating us from the narrative is just a falsehood of the representation of life right like yeah talk about media portrayal of fat people well fat women are 68 percent of women in this country and how many can you name on television right now right Right. exactly like a handful a smattering if you will and (laughs) we are the majority yeah and you know i sorry are we oh no 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 i was just i was (laughs) (laughs) yeah i keep like finding myself in the position where i'm talking to um you know major arts organizations about this topic like like for instance um the the 
the Metropolitan Opera's National Council, um, they brought me on to um, help write the new guidelines for judges, um, like specifically that judges aren't allowed to talk about singers' bodies anymore. Um, and so I, I find myself like continuing to be in the position where I'm, I'm needing to kind of convince them like why this is important. Um, and so my, my inclination is always to, to go first with, you know, well, I mean, it's morally wrong and it's like, it's, it's a loss for humanity to silence this huge group of people. Um, but the pitch that I end up usually going with, with for them is like a huge portion of your audience is not seeing themselves on stage. If you think that they won't pay money to see themselves on stage, you're not smart. Also, what you're saying is that we're not capable of experiencing the things and the stories in which we tell. Yeah. Right. Like narrative. I, I've told the story. I did an opera once where asked me in all earnestness if I had ever had sex and I just started laughing Jesus. and looked him dead in the eye and said three hours ago <laughs> <laughs> what oh because I was like I don't know how I'm supposed to answer this question but the answer is Same. a lot <laughs> right what the fuck is that? Wow. I mean I kind of have a theory about it especially with um, opera which I I will tell you later. Uh, it does not need to be an on air theory, but everything <laughs> I ha every time I tell it to someone, they're like, "Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense." Um, but I do think there is this thing where it's like, for some reason, we believe that fat people are not experiencing the joys of life and the the like normalcy of life right like uh falling in love and falling out of love and you know and, and opera is a, a heightened sense of reality but it is all like if you think about verismo it's all about love right like all mm -hmm. or all about these like passion stories essentially like somehow we wouldn't be capable of having that right like right like i don't i don't understand how people arrived at that but uh, or, yeah or we're just you know like one dimensional in general or either yes, like it's like yeah. i feel like every i get frustrated when i see a fat person's headshot and they're laughing even though like that is obviously their like artistic choice however they take their headshot but it's like i you know we're only allowed to be like like happy fat girl or you know supportive like friend fat girl like there's there's just there's no nuance to our existence apparently or sad fat girl right right like, there's like the jolly sad or uh, perpetual sidekick those right. are the three options right yeah and guess what motherfuckers i am the lead in my own story <laughs> okay <laughs> no i am um, no, my experience with opera is that like I am a I am a soubrette. I am a fat soubrette. And like because of that, like the the times that I have been cast in in shows as my voice type, I'm relegated to either like the frumpiest costume or like 
having less shows than my double cast partner. And it's just right. like so entirely obvious. Like I was cast it I was cast as Nanetta in a show where my counterpart was like twenty-two. Mm. And like I had the like, you know, there I was twenty-six, twenty-seven, singing not you know Nanetta, which like you know while a soubrette is still verdi <laughs> and right. my 22 year old counterpart got four of the performances and i got two and like rude it it's so rude it is so entirely rude and like it was so blatant to me of like all right even if even if we sing this equally well which i mean she did a fine job i'm not saying she was bad at it but like, why wouldn't you just split it down the middle? Yeah. I don't know. And none of my shows were in the city either. It was, like, all suburban stuff. It was just a whole bunch <laughs> of bullshit. And since, like, since then, I've been super hesitant to audition for anything because I was like, you know, once is enough for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm really interested in talking about what you've done with social media because, like... I I think that, like, whenever I'm talking to someone about, like, singers, because I do some, like, freelance, like, brand consulting with singers, and whenever they're like, oh, I don't know, I just don't really know, like, what I can do as a singer on Instagram, because it's not like I'm a photographer, I'm like, go look at Sparkle Jams. Like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because no, because like what you do and like what I think more singers should do is that like you can't just be like a One thing like a soprano drone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if if all you're doing is demonstrating that you are studying for this role and that's all you're doing, it's like that's clearly not all you're doing. And you're just like you're just like putting up this weird artifice of just like this is all i do this is what i live and breathe and it and it makes right. people not want to be around you quite frankly but like but like the fact that you've so well married those two aspects of your life is like so cool not just those two aspects i mean sorry to cut you off maureen but i also think like one of the things i find really fascinating is that you also like do makeup stuff and the Allow yourself to be you online. And I do think, as someone who knows a lot of singers, a lot of them only show very crafted images of themselves. Yeah. And I feel like uh, one thing I appreciate about your social media presence is that we get kind of a range of who you are. You get a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> 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 um yeah i mean i'm i'm so glad to talk about this because this is something i feel really passionately about and i feel like so many singers have a fundamental misunderstanding of what they should be doing on social media if they actually want to use it to build an authentic following and i think in part i mean it it's because they're all getting advice from these kind of older industry people who have no idea how any of this stuff works so like they're they're giving the advice always of you know follow the path of of singers before you like present this like high arts image um that that fits in with that path um and with social media i w like i would say that 
the number one mistake that singers make on social media is crafting an account that is literally just like for other singers. Like they're making assumptions that their followers know what opera is, that they know their repertoire. There's almost like this, like, and there ends up being this tone of like apologizing. Like, I know this is embarrassing to like post this picture of, of my stack of scores that I'm working on right now, but like, here's what I'm doing. I'm working. I swear I'm working. Look. Um, but it's, it's so boring and it doesn't invite anybody who isn't already in that world, like into your world. Um, so like always my advice is to not divide like the, the two halves of yourself. Like I used to, I totally used to be guilty of this, of like presenting like, Tracy, the opera singer, and then there was Tracy, like the artist, like cool person, cool fat person, you know, and I would keep, I would work to keep those separate. So like what I wore in concerts was like old lady taffeta stuff. And <laughs> like, you know, I can't even imagine you and lady taffeta oh, stuff. God, like- I mean, look at me, look at me, pictures of me in the fucking MONC, like the national fucking yeah. finals where I was a grand national loser. I wore... Uh, like a portrait collar taffeta fucking gown. And um, I look a thousand years old and like I was just doing what I had been told, which was, you know, wear black, like try to tuck it all in and see if you can blend in with the curtain. So you just look like a floating head, yeah. you know, hide oh everything God. but your boobs. Is essentially yes. What, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and what I realized is that's just like. It's, that's not going to inspire anybody to give a but, shit about me as a singer. Right. But also, like, you know, as singers, you're uh, trying to, like, you are telling a story and you're telling a truth. And if you are literally negating any part of you, there's no way to tell that story. Right. right. Like, and you get so in your head and you become, like, a literal crazy person about things because yeah. you're never comfortable. Right. Yeah. You're if if you're presenting just like a tiny little fragment, not only are there like thousands of other singers who are presenting exactly the same fragment, like it just it it, it doesn't allow for any kind of like authentic connection or inspire any kind of real following. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also doesn't actually represent what being a singer is about. Right. Being a singer isn't just learning roles. It isn't just the gowns. It isn't just this. It is. It's, it's about the, the work. It's, it's about the, it's about the grind. It's about like, honestly, it's about the sacrifice. It's about, it's about weird hours and shitty plane rides. And like, and I think that like, if, I I'm personally more interested in that because it's more compelling. It's more real. And if yeah. we're talking about an art form that is elevated reality, like give me some of that. Cause that that's like, that's going to actually show me. And also if you're trying to be more hireable, you know, it's, it's, there's a, a quote from some Saturday night live veteran where they say like, you know, when we're, 
when you get to a certain point in auditioning for Saturday Night Live, like at a certain point, they just kind of start talking to you because they want to figure out if you're the kind of person that they want to run into at three in the morning on a Tuesday. And like in terms of hireability, it's like, do you seem like the kind of person that I want to be in the fourth consecutive tech rehearsal at 10 p.m.? somewhere somewhere in utah like if the answer is yes then awesome let's do this let's make it happen but if you seem insufferable then nah i'm good (laughs) right and i also think that there's like this thing where we all kind of try to present ourselves as if we've made it and like it's all good and like (laughs) look at us like look at us i have another performance and that means you should care about me because i have a career but like all of us all of us even the fanciest ones are all like trying to figure out how to afford the rental car for the shitty gig you know and there's just so much of what we do that's like not that and we i think that like we have this impulse to hide that as if that like like makes our career illegitimate but it's like no that's what it is like it is this big ugly weird shitty thing that we like do yeah i mean i think it starts like truly in schools like we are taught how to hide our authenticity right like i remember uh in school midori did this like the violinist did this like two-week residency program at my college and i showed up on day one wearing hot pink fishnets and an orange dress and got yelled at by my voice teacher Mm. because i was being unprofessional and midori midori in her (laughs) birkenstock and socks and linen dress pulled me aside and said don't ever change who you are because you're interesting that's awesome like after hearing my teacher yell at me because this was also the teacher who uh she would like make it seem like she was helping me like look at me i know you're you know uh working two jobs and you're at school and like you don't have much money so i'm gonna take you shopping and she would literally buy me moo's because she told me that my body was ugly and that the only way i would be hired is if i hid my body like somehow putting me in like oversized dresses like was going to make people forget i was fat that um that makes me think of uh my first year when i was in in uh the yap with la opera and like one of the big donors uh every year would take the the women of the young artist program to to buy gowns um so so they so she took all the other girls to nordstrom but Nordstrom only went up to a size like 20 or 22. Um, so so she couldn't. So I was left out and she took me to a boutique in L.A., which is called Abundance. And no, no shade to Abundance, but like their their target demo is like, you know, like middle aged voice teachers, probably like it's all like all the very, sparkly dusters all the time. Whew, so many dusters, so much <laughs> poly spandex. Wow. Uh, and she bought me literally like a, a fucking spandex jersey dress where like all the other women were in gorgeous gowns. And I'm in this horrible thing where she was just trying to drape me in black. Like, oh, yeah. So fun. Love it. 
Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's hard when you're like, yeah, it's just a very strange thing to navigate. And I remember like the moment I kind of was like, I'm done doing this. Yeah. I'm done doing this. People are either going to hire me or they're not going to hire me. Right. Like that's like in whatever field we're doing, I'm either going to get hired or I'm not going to get hired. I'm going to actually just start being me. I'm going to dye my hair, whatever color I want to dye it. I'm going to get the tattoos I've wanted. You know, like I have a fat mermaid eating pizza, wearing a Viking helmet, holding a barbell tattooed down my arm. Like Love either, it. you know, you were, you just hit a point where you're like, I am tired of pretending to be something I'm not. And I'm actually hindering the art I create because of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and so much of what I experienced coming up through the training programs was, was everybody just had, you could just tell everybody had this big hope for me that I was going to figure out how to fundamentally change my body, you know, and then I'd be a big star. Um, But, you know, what, obviously, my talent is completely reliant upon my body. If I fundamentally changed my body, my talent would not be the same. It might still be there, but it would not be the same. So it's just, anyways, but all throughout that time, I, I did not yet understand my own value and that I should be able to, that they were all full of shit. So I, I came up through all those training programs, just kind of nodding and like blinking back tears and, and thinking this is really humiliating, but just like taking it. Um, and it wasn't until I was like in the professional world, so to speak, that I was like, this is ridiculous. And, like, fuck it. Did you have a moment? Like, do you have like, a moment you can pinpoint and say, this was that moment that I was just like, I, I can no longer do this to myself. Um, you know, not really the moment didn't come until I realized that I wasn't like, nobody was putting me on stage. Like that's really the moment like that came. It was like, I've done I've so so many times I've tried to fulfill what these people want for me like I have gained and lost hundreds of pounds trying to make this happen and all that's ever happened is that I've like done the roller coaster and then continued to gain weight and like these people don't care about my health these people don't care how long I live like <laughs> right and right. what's actually happening is I am like really lowering my like I'm making my health worse by doing this um and so I realized all I wanted to do was like try to stop like wildly fluctuating. Um, and then once I made that decision to stop dieting, my mind was, was, it was just very clear to me, like, why, why is it just okay for me to be kept out? Because I am like making this choice to just like exist as who I am. Like, it's just so fucked up. <laughs> And then at that point, looking back on everything that I experienced was like a very intense kind of lens. Yeah. You sort of start to go, oh, oh, this has been systematic abuse. Yeah. And I took it because I thought it was part of my job. I thought that this level of abuse was required for me to take in order to do this thing I love. And I kept like realizing I was loving it less and less. And it wasn't that I loved the art less. It wasn't that I loved singing less. I could not abide something 
where fundamentally I was bad or wrong. Yeah. Like, like the, you just, you sort of, and your brain can't figure it out right away. It's like this like weird moment where you step back and you're like, wait, is the thing that I'm struggling with the mere fact that everyone keeps telling me that I am somehow failing for just existing in my body? Yeah. And that, you know, when you decide that you no longer will take that from people, is it more difficult? Sure. But is it also like the way you can go to bed happy at the end of the night? Yes. Like, yeah. I just got so tired of hating myself for wanting these two things that seemed diametrically opposed, right? Like, wanting to be able to sing and also wanting to be in my body. Yeah, because they are one and the same. And yeah. you, know, you shouldn't have to sacrifice one for the other. And, um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's just like deeply, deeply misogynistic in the way that our bodies are policed on stage and um that we should be asked to fundamentally change to 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 get to be up there like that's nope wrong yeah so we're coming to the end of our episode but um i did want to ask you i want to ask you something that's probably really cliche but that i'm personally (laughs) interested in is that like what is the thing that like you wish that you could have told young artist program tracy that you like for any young artist program participants participants (laughs) participants currently listening to this um what's what is like the thing that you wish you had heard from someone more experienced um i mean i think it would be like a, a summation of what we've discussed already which is um figure out what makes you special like what makes you special and makes is going to want to make other people listen to you and watch you and lean into that and resist any temptation any advice from anybody no matter how important they are in the industry resist that advice that would ask you to homogenize would ask you to make yourself something other than what you are um yeah lean into who, who you are, because that's literally all you have. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been wonderful. And I, I want to, I want to have you back on like, um, at some point to like have a like longer discussion of like anything you have upcoming when, when we're back up on our feet, (laughs) but is there anything, (laughs) is there, uh, is there anything that you want to plug before you go? um what do you want to plug um not really like i i just want to like shower you guys with gratitude and appreciation um because i I feel so the thing that gives me hope is that like i don't know jesse i'm i'm sure you can relate to this feeling but like (laughs) it used to feel I used to feel so alone. Like I used to feel like in our industry specifically, like just like out (laughs) waving in the wind, you know, and like more and more as like, we kind of come together and talk about this stuff and talk about how like, no, it's not actually acceptable for somebody to like critique your body in a professional setting. Like the, actually having that kind of solidarity makes me feel so hopeful that, 
maybe it won't change in time for us to get on stage. Like maybe it won't, but like for the next gen, like I, it makes, it fills me with, with hope that, that there will be more diversity on stage and that that will be a boon for art and humanity. Yes, absolutely. It makes me, it also, one thing that makes me hopeful for the industry is that I think uh, people our age are going to start going into uh, production side of things. Mm -hmm. And enough of them know you and know me and know other people where we're like, this was torture. What we were put through was torture, where it didn't matter what I was singing. It mattered that I was fat. And I was told I wasn't like I once my first Agatha, I got told by the director that I wasn't feminine enough because I was fat. And I was like, cool. She's like literally the daughter of a hunter. Like, I I think we need to reevaluate our relationship to the word feminine. Yeah. Number um, one. Like A and number two, like, she's not like a, a, a fainting violet. So like, I need you to get it together. But I think enough people are going into production things where we're going to have more advocates. Yeah. And that is that makes me really happy it makes me happy for the 20 year olds who are in school who will have a different experience yeah i hope so yeah yeah man well thank you guys so much like i'm I'm so happy to to have been invited can i plug something for you tracy oh my god yeah (laughs) i'm gonna plug something for you um i I think it's really important that uh, sometimes opera singers just sing for people like they don't. It's not always about being highly crafted or that uh, like this is like an opera work. And one thing I really enjoy is that Tracy posts, uh, especially you've been doing this in quarantine, right? Yeah. Posting a song a day. That's usually like uh, something more in the a popular contemporary vein. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this has been my like quarantine goal is to like get better at belting. So I feel very accomplished, frankly, my friends. Yeah. So like that's it's a delight. It's a joy. It's also nice to see like uh, one of the things that can happen with uh, classical singers is that like we get trained to like never not be perfect right and it's like such it's first of all it's so fucking stressful and it's boring so like just hearing people sing and sing with their authentic self because they enjoy doing it what a fucking joy oh thank you yeah it's like oh right i like singing i forgot (laughs) god yes right (laughs) like you're like oh yes this is i i started this because i love it what (laughs) yeah Yeah, no, that's been like a wonderful catharsis for me. And it's kind of quarantine kind of has also given me further permission to just like do it. It's like, what, you know what? Like, we don't have jobs. Like, right. And no one has anything to lose at this point. Right. Like, so if you're not being authentic now, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Sparkle Jams. <laughs> My sincere pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, podcast babies. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. 
You can find us on all the social media places as Fat Out of Hell Pod and all the podcast places as Fat Out of Hell. And you can shoot us an email at fatoutahellpod at gmail.com. Bye, babies.